Thank you for joining us for worship today at First Baptist Church of Wixom. Here are a few upcoming events to help you stay connected. We have scheduled a baptismal service on Sunday, July 16th. Please see Pastor Brad if you would like to be baptized or if you have any questions about baptism. Don't miss the annual FBC member meeting after the worship gathering today. We will be voting on deacon candidates and on the budget for the new fiscal year. Plan to stay for a great time of celebrating God's goodness on FBC over the last year. Community groups continue tonight at 6 p.m. If you are not yet connected with the Sunday p.m. community group, please visit fbcwixom.org forward slash community groups for more information. Community groups meet most Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. In just a few minutes, we'll be dismissing children four years to third grade out the back of the auditorium to our junior church ministry. While there, they will enjoy a great time as they sing songs, play games, and hear a message from God's Word prepared just for them. Giving is one of the many ways we have to worship the Lord. If you'd like to give financially, you can utilize the giving box in the back of the auditorium, or you can give online at fbcwixom.org and click on the tab at the top of the page. If this is your first time at FBC, we would love to connect with you. If you would like more info about FBC, prayer, or to learn how you can get involved, you can fill out a connections card online at fbcwixom.org forward slash connect. Also, make sure to stop by the Welcome Center for a special gift on your way out after the service. Once again, thank you for joining us for worship today. Now we invite you to worship the Lord through song as we prepare to hear from God's Word this morning. Good morning, everyone. It is good to see you today. I'm happy to have you here on this, the first Sunday of summer 2023, and hope that you're doing well and looking forward to a great hour together this morning. It's a blessing for us to occasionally have missionaries join us and give us an update on their ministry, and it's super special for us to have Andrew and Jennifer Day and their boys with us this morning, and Andrew's going to come at this time, give us a brief update on their ministry. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us today with your family. Thank you, uh, Pastor Brad. I really appreciate the introduction. I'm going to go ahead and have my wife stand up and my boys. Uh, so again, my name is Andrew. This is my wife, Jennifer, and our twin boys. They're four years old. Uh, Aiden is the one standing up, and Ian is the one that's being held. And uh, they weren't around the last time that we were here uh, at, at uh, First Baptist Church, so it is. Um, uh, it's it's been it's been a good good time since we last were with you. Uh, a lot has happened, especially with the ministry in Ireland. We were in in Ireland for seven years, helping out a church uh, in Ballancolic. Came home right before COVID hit, and uh, and then we've been back in Ireland since uh, November of 21. And so we're back just kind of uh, visiting some family just for a few weeks, and then we'll be heading back at the end of summer. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and show you a little video that I recorded before we came over, just to kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse of the new church plant that we have in the city called Ennis on the western coast of Ireland in County Clare. And it'll kind of give you a little bit of an idea of what we're doing currently, and then afterwards I'll kind of tell you a little bit more about the city that we're trying to reach. Hi there, this is Brother Andrew Day, missionary to Ireland, and I just want to give you an update about what is happening here in Ireland. And right now I am actually at our church building located in Ennis. And again, Ennis is a place that God has called me to 17 years ago. 
And we started our church services here on uh, December 11th. And so we've been going about, oh, just a few months now. And, and it's just amazing to see how God has been blessing, how he's been bringing people to uh, the church services. It has been such a uh, it's just been really cool to see how God has been working uh, through the lives here of the people. And uh, people are growing. People are, are are hungry for God's word. And it has been so amazing to be able to be a part of, of the ministry here in Ireland. Usually yeah. on a Sunday is when our main church service is. And uh, we have a, an afternoon service, which is a bit unusual. And uh, it actually takes place um, at one um, thirty in the afternoon. And uh, and so I think because of that, it's a, it's it has actually opened up some doors for people. Um, we also have a Thursday Bible study, and um, that is where we we have that at uh, six thirty every single uh, Thursday evening, and we're studying a verse by verse study through the Book of Luke, and that's been going really good. We've been having visitors. Uh, it's just been a, a really amazing study, and people are being fed, and it's just been really cool to to see how God is using. Even just the first couple of chapters of Luke so far to speak to hearts. And um, we've been enjoying it so much. And continue to pray for, if you would, uh, for the Thursday Bible study. Uh, people are more apt to come out to that uh, as they're kind of they're getting their feet wet coming into our, our ministry. And so uh, it's kind of a, an outreach tool. And so we would really appreciate prayer for that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and show you a little bit about our church building here. And uh, first off, we're going to start off with my point of view that we get to see every single Sunday and Thursday evening. And so we have 30 chairs. We have 25 set out. And uh, what we have it set up for right now is our Bible study. And again, this is where we go verse by verse. And so that's all set up there. Over here we have kind of like a bulletin board system and uh, where we have some leaflets uh, for tracks and, and information about the church. Obviously the offering box as well. Um, then we have a table here we set up for food and everything else. A bookshelf that we have for uh, where we have our, our hymnals that we're not using them and our Bibles when we um, are uh, cleaned up and things like that and just a bunch of different resources for the, the, the people coming out. Uh, over here is a tea and coffee stand and uh, this is where the, the, the most important part of the fellowship comes for the, the Irish. Uh, they, they, uh, it's a big part of the culture to have tea and coffee and so uh, this is a very integral part of our ministry here and just, uh, uh, and so we have tea and coffee usually um, with every single service that we have um, and Lord has, has, has graciously provided uh, many of these things um, that are on our table with the, the refrigerator, the, the boiler, everything else and um, over here, back here is this is kind of where uh, we have the boys and any children that come we uh it's just a one room uh building as you can see there's not a lot of space we don't have any room for any kind of uh children's ministry or or even a, a nursery or anything like that so the the children have to be in the services and and uh, and so here's where they go we we have some things to keep them occupied and obviously uh the bathroom um and so uh, over here we have our uh, piano that uh God has has graciously blessed us with uh, it was the answer to prayer before we even really got to pray for it, and that has been such a blessing. Uh, on Sundays, I also uh, teach uh, and use PowerPoint, and so we use the TV there for PowerPoint um, and being able to, to for people to be able to take notes. I also use it for Thursday evening in our Bible study. And uh, let's go ahead and go outside. Uh, this is our, 
the front door there going out into the parking lot and I'll go outside um, as you'll notice we have a big parking lot out front this is actually a very busy parking lot uh, usually quite uh, uh, packed during the week a lot of people traveling through there's a lot of traffic as you can see and as soon as you go around that corner the very first thing that you see is our building it's the very first thing that you get to see as soon as you come around that corner and uh, so this is our little building here uh, for the Claire Bible study and uh, God has given us a great location and and so um, it's just a blessing to be able to be here and again on our, our sign we have advertisements for our Bible study and then we also do have an advertisement uh, for our Ukrainian and Russian service um, that we do we we, uh, we translate um, the messages into to Russian and then we also have our our service times and we do have a children's Bible um, a Sunday school and so we have that uh, at noon and I'm gonna go ahead and give you a little bit of a foretaste of what Jennifer gets to do with our children he is truly the Messiah he is the Son of God believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life just a uh, a glimpse of really what's been going on here it's it's hard to put everything in over the last uh, 6 months that we've been able to be in, in Ennis and uh, and so but it's just it's i am i'm i'm blessed really to be able to be there and uh, you probably heard um my first mention there that God called me to Ennis uh back in 2005 17 years ago and um and we just now started the church in December so you're probably wondering, well, what have you been doing the last few, uh, last 17 years? Well, if you know anything with with how the Lord works, sometimes getting from point A to point B isn't always a direct line, and sometimes God brings you up through the valleys or up the mountains, down the valleys, everything of that that nature. And um, and so when God called me back in 2005, I was single. Um, I was in Bible college, and um, I knew that's where God wanted me to serve Him. Now, uh, most of you probably know the story of, of Caleb in the Bible. And uh, when they got to the promised land, uh, they've, been, they've been conquering. And, then, and all of a sudden, you know, Caleb comes to Joshua and says, Okay, it's time for me to, to, to get my, my, my territory that God promised to me. You know, and, and it says, I want that mountain. I want that mountain. And, um, and just like uh, Caleb had done, I knew in my heart this is where God wanted me to be for the last 17 years. And, uh, and so um, when we finally got there, you know, that was, that was my vision. God, I want you, please give me the city of Ennis. Uh, and so um, if you'll know, though, in Joshua chapter 14 and 15, there's a big problem that comes up with Caleb being able to take the mountain. There's things in the, in the land called giants. These were the sons of Anakim. And, um, and so just like in our own lives, as we faithfully serve God, there's going to be some giants that are going to come along the way. And uh, for us, uh, some of those giants that we faced was deputation. We had to get, over, we had to get through deputation. And, uh, and I'm so thankful that uh, you guys partnered with us during our time of deputation many years ago. It's hard to believe it's been probably almost 13, 14 years ago that you guys partnered with us. and You've been praying for us. You've been supporting us financially. And thank you so much for that. And we also had the, the, the giant of immigration where we had to kind of get our citizenship before we could go up to Ennis. 
And so that's why we were helping the, the Bible Baptist Church of Balancolic for seven years. And then I got my citizenship, my Irish citizenship, so we're now dual citizens. And then uh, we came back home for a furlough, and uh, intentionally only being back for just a year, well, another giant came up called COVID-19. And, um, and so we had, to, we had to wait, and we had to endure through that as the world was turned upside down over it. And Ireland was literally shut down as a country far worse even than Michigan was. We were back, we were back here when Michigan ha- was shut down. Think of it ten times worse. That's how hard the restrictions were in Ireland. Um, so then when, you know, during that time, we also, my father passed away, so we had the giant of family loss. And then when we finally got back to Ireland in November 21, then we had the giant of a brand new area, a brand new location, learning where places were, learning about the city of Ennis. And, um, and so, but through these all, I have learned that God blesses faithfulness. That's, that's what he wants from each one of us. When God calls you to do something, no matter what it is, we're to be faithful. And the giants will come, but through it all, God gives the victory. Just like in uh, Joshua chapter 14 and 15, God gave Caleb the victory, and he, and he was able to conquer. Um, Ennis is a, is a town with a population of about 25,000 people. The unique thing about Ennis in, with County Clare, uh, we call our, I, I call the church there the, the Clare Bible Study, not Ennis Baptist Church. There's a reason why I do that, because with, uh, with Clare, Clare is a very rural community, meaning there's very few big towns or big cities. Ennis is like in the center of it, and so everybody comes to Ennis. And I want everybody who comes to Ennis to feel that they are accepted no matter where they're coming from, whether it's from the small rural areas, whether it's maybe along the coastal towns. But I want them to feel like this, this is a place for Claire. And I want to reach more than just Ennis. I want to reach Claire. I want to, reach, uh, I want to be able to start churches in, further in, in, in County Clare if I can. And, um, and so uh, it's, it's, it's just been an amazing opportunity. I believe that God had us there at the perfect time. We were going to have our services on December 11th. We were, we were been, uh, ministering to some Ukrainian refugees. We were going to start church services just for the Ukrainian refugees. And we're going to, you know, just, uh, that was going to be our beginning of our church. Well, as soon as we put the signs up on that building, I began getting phone calls left and right. What is this thing? What is, what is the Claire Bible study? And so I began to tell people and, they, and tell them that we're, we're a new church and we're focusing on teaching the Word of God. And, uh, and so people said, can, well, can we come? I'm like, sure, okay. <laughs> so uh, we actually, that first December 11th, we had three Irish visitors come out from Ennis. And God has blessed greatly. Um, I have heard over and over again that when we started the church, it was at the perfect time. Right when they were searching and, and asking God to open up something, to bring something uh, conservative to Ireland. Uh, and so it was just, it's just been amazing. It really has been. Um, since I did that video, I uh, can I give you a little bit of an update of what, what's been happening. We've had two or three new Irish families start to, to come. Uh, there's been four of that family who've been saved. And actually, just a couple weeks ago, we baptized our first converts. Uh, four people uh, uh, went through with believer's baptism, and they, they got baptized. And so uh, there's several more who've started coming, visiting from, from Ennis. 
and I've been preaching God's word, and God has been working on their heart. I'm, I'm just praying that they'll also trust Christ soon. And so when we came back, it was like, oh, man, you know, it seems like God is just really blessing right now in Ennis, and, but I know we need to come back home and, and for, for our family. And, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm eager and excited to see what God's going to do with this little, this little Bible study, this little church. And uh, so if you would, please pray for us. Uh, pray that God will continue to bless, that God will continue to bring the people uh, in Ennis. Again, I get visitors all the time who pop in. Our location, I could not pay enough money for advertising that the church sign brings in because that, that parking lot is so, so busy. And that's where most of the people actually come from. You know, we hand out leaflets and things like that. No one's come from that, but everyone has come because of the signs. But again, God bless his faithfulness. As we're out handing out leaflets and tracts, I think God is blessing that faithfulness and being that witness. And so he said, okay, I'll bring some new visitors along you know, to you on that for the next Sunday. And so please continue to pray for us. Um, we do have a little uh, table back there. Um, I do have some prayer cards. Now, I, I have some updated ones in the process. So these are a little bit older. These The boys are still quite young in those. And so, but um, once I get the newer prayer cards, I'll send some uh, down to Pastor and, and uh, that way you have an updated version of them. But uh, again, uh, if you don't have one, or you might even have our original prayer card, Way back in the day, yeah, you can update it with two precious little boys, and um, and so they'll be on there. And uh, again, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for the support, um, just being there for us. And uh, and I, I remember when the the group came over and visited with us. It was a great time helping us with our vacation Bible school, and we were in Balancholic. And um, it's just been a blessing. And I want to say thank you so much for all that you do for our family. Um, we couldn't be there in Ireland without you. So I want to say thank you. And what you get to see, that little bit, this new church plant, is all what you're investing in. And I want to say thank you for that. And, uh, and so thank you for praying for us. And, uh, and we look forward to seeing what God will do in Ennis in the coming weeks and months. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. I appreciate hearing the update uh, from Ireland. And as an Irish citizen, I will tell you that Ireland is one of the least evangelized English-speaking nations in the world. So they got a tough job over there, so continue to pray for them. And this week at VBS, as always, we collect for a missionary, and we thought since you guys were in town, you would be the perfect missionary. And um, I am the VBS director, and somehow we keep funneling VBS money over to Ireland, but it's all gone to a good cause. (laughs) I'm going to have... Gisland kids, if you guys want to come up, and Andrew, if you would come up and just receive this gift uh, from us this week from all the kids at VBS uh, collecting for you guys. If you want to give them just a round of applause there. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Gislin kids. Thank you, VBS kids. Great job on the offering. They raised over $600 to bless the days with. So praise the Lord for that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a lot of pennies, right? A lot of pennies. So thank you, by the way, for everyone that participated in VBS. Uh, Just a really busy and exciting week. And uh, looks and sounds like things were very successful. Thank you for all of your hard work to make that happen. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time together today. Father, we're grateful 
for your many blessings. Thank you that we can gather together today and worship you and think on who you are and ask, Lord, how you want us to respond to your character today. Thank you for our Savior Jesus and all that he means to us. Thank you that we can serve him and thank you that we can share the gospel of Jesus in our community and around the world. Thank you for Andrew and Jennifer and the boys and for their ministry on our behalf in Ireland. We're grateful for those that are coming to know Jesus as Savior through them. Please bless our day today. Help us to glorify you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and stand. And as we sing a song, I know it might be a little bit unfamiliar to some of you. So if you know it, please sing it out loud.
appreciate that song this morning. I invite you to take your Bibles to Psalm 27, if you would, please. Psalm number 27. On Sunday mornings, we've been considering a theology from the Psalms. And as I've reminded you, a theology, a right theology, will ask two questions. And the first is, who is God? Who is God? What is he like? What is his character? And the second question is, what am I supposed to do about it? How should I respond? And as I mentioned to you last week, this is really important, crucially important. I gave you a quote last week. I want to give you part of it today. This is from A.W. Tozier in The Knowledge of the Holy, where it says this, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us because we tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. This is true not only of the individual Christian but of the company of Christians that composes the church. If your view of God is wrong, you will be wrong. If your view of God is wrong, your church will be wrong. And so it is crucially important as a church that we have a right view of God. Today, his characteristic that we're looking at is that he is light, light. And here's an interesting truth about God, that he is light, both metaphorically, but also in a sense, physically. And we will see that a couple of times through the message today. For sake of time today, I want to just read that first phrase of Psalm 27, and then we'll get back to the text here in just a few minutes. But here's what Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Let's pray together. Father, as we come to your word today. We are hungry for truth. We live in a world that is largely devoid of truth. And this morning our souls starve for absolute truth, your truth, your wisdom, your character, your person. Father, we are hungry for you today. And so we pray that you'd help us as we consider this way of describing your character, that it would help us to understand you better And to live more like your son, Jesus. Help us to respond rightly to your truth today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 John 1.5 says this. You're probably familiar with it. This then is the message. 
And we declare it unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Would you say that underlying phrase with me? God is light. He is light. This is all throughout scripture. This is one of those characteristics we might feel like it's just an obvious metaphor and I don't need to spend a lot of time thinking about it, but this is a major topic in the word of God. I want you to notice a couple of places where his light shines through. These are the big ones, okay? Number one is light shines through his creation as opposed to physical darkness. When God started creating, it says that he spoke these words, let there be light and there was light. Only a God of light can just speak it into existence. So it shines through his creation. It also shines through his word in, in opposition to intellectual darkness, we have his word, Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse number 130, the entrance of thy words give light. God's word sheds light in a dark world. Most importantly, we see God's light shining through his son in opposition to spiritual darkness. So you see how God is... His character, his person is in opposition to physical darkness, intellectual darkness, and here's spiritual darkness. In John chapter 1, where it says, in him, Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness to that light. That was the true light, speaking of Jesus, which lights every man that comes into the world. See, that's that's a big part of John's opening premise about who Jesus is. He is the light that has come into a dark world. Light just comes from God. Can you see that? Through his creation, through his word, through his son. If you're familiar with Revelation you know that in the end of the world, in the new heaven, it says that there is no need of the sun there. Why? Because God is light. He's the light. Light just comes from him. And his light pervades physically, mentally, and spiritual darkness. So the question this morning is, as we've said before, okay, what does that mean for us? If that's who God is, what does that mean for us? Well, let's explore with David just a little bit in Psalm 27 what he means when he says, the Lord is my light. I want you to see, first of all, that he's talking about comfort. He's talking about comfort in darkness. Look again at verse 1. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Those are rhetorical questions where the answer is nobody. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise up against me. In this will I be confident. In what will I be confident? The Lord is my light. He is my comfort in darkness. Now you know this, that light in a practical sense, is comforting, right? If you like camping, like our family likes camping, we always have a campfire going. Why? It's comforting. Sunshine is comforting. You remember that big ball in the sky that we miss for a few months in the winter? And then when it returns, I catch some of you standing out here in the link with your back against the window, soaking up that much-missed sunshine. Why? It's comforting. 
a bedside lamp is comforting. I told you as a boy about having to take the trash out to the back field into the burn barrel. I was afraid to death of the boogeyman who lived in our backyard. And the comfort of the light on the back porch drew me in like a mosquito. You know, I would just, just get to the light. That was all I could think about, get to the light. It's comforting. But this is also true of God, and and this is what David is trying to get across, that I just want to be with God. He is my comfort. He is my light. He is my salvation. He's my warmth. He's my protection, as we sang this morning. He's my shelter in storm. God is my light. David's not afraid of hurtful people or wicked people or militant people. Do you know any of those hurtful or wicked or militant people? David says, I'm just, I just don't care. God is my light. He is my salvation. So what does this mean for us? Well, number one, is he your salvation? You see, the, the sun shines on a blind man just as much as it does on a man with sight. But the, the man with sight gets to appreciate it more, right? The light is still there, but he appreciates it more. Do you say with David, the Lord is my light. He's mine. He's my personal possession. I have a personal relationship with the Lord. Understanding that the Lord is light is one thing. The Lord is my light. That's a whole new level. And it brings confidence in the middle of a very dark world. I don't know if you know this, but Scripture says that the world around us is going to get worse and worse and worse spiritually. And I, it's happening, right? I mean, you see it. The world is getting worse. You can see it in real time in front of us. It is waxing, as Scripture says, worse and worse. And it might be tempting for us as Christians to run in fear, Right? I just got to get out of here. Like, I don't know. I, I'm panicking. I'm going to move to Canada and maybe find some, you know, 100 acres where I can just hide from the nutty world. And this is what David says. Hey, there's wicked people all around me. There's hurtful people all around me. There's evil all around me. I'm just going to run to the light. I'm just going to spend more time with God. I'm going to get into his presence. I'm going to soak up the comfort of being near God who is my light. Psalm 4, verse 6. There be many that say, who will show us any good? Let me just pause there for just a second. Hey, believers, listen to me. This was going on a couple thousand years ago, a few thousand years ago. And there are still Christians today who think the same thing. Is there anything good? Is it worth living? Is it worth doing right? Our world is so evil. It's so wicked. Is there anything good? And can I just tell you, God is good. His light is still good. Psalm chapter 4, Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. We want to see your light. It's shrouded by the evil of our world. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than the times that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in in peace and sleep. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm, I'm totally at peace. Why? For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. You are my comfort, your light is my comfort. But I want you to see number two, it is a home in loneliness. It's a home. God's light is a home in loneliness. Verse four, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You're probably familiar with the great painter Thomas Kincaid, famous for painting scenes that have light. In fact, he's known as the, what? The painter of light. 
Why are people drawn to these? Have you ever been in a gallery where there's Thomas Kincaid paintings? People just like walk up to it, right? Just like a, like a, like a mosquito to a light. Why are humans drawn to this? Because it's comforting, right? It looks like home. It might not look like your house, but it looks like home. It actually reminds me, I don't know if you're a radio listener, but back in the old days, Motel 6 had the radio commercials with Tom Bodette. Do you remember those radio commercials? And what did he always say? I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you, right? Well, why do you care that a Motel 6 leaves its light on for you? Because light signifies home. You're welcome here. We're waiting for you. Our kids still demand that Christmas lights be hung before they arrive home, right? Why? Because when they pull in the driveway, they want to feel like, hey, look, they're waiting for us. This is home. This is comfort. This is celebration. Ecclesiastes actually talks about this. It says, truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. And Solomon says, look, every human likes light. And this is how God wants us to desire him. God wants us to want to be with him, to want to be home. You see, in the, in the first few verses, David says, I'm not afraid of the dark. I got God. Well, that's nice to not be afraid of the dark, but it's a different thing to say, but I want to be with the light. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not afraid of the dark, but I'd rather be home. I would rather be close to God. And that's what he's saying in these verses. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. The wickedness of this world should make us long for the presence of God. Can we just make a quick practical application? I mean, has this ever happened to you? Maybe in recent days or weeks you're reading something or you're watching something or you're listening to something and your heart is just grieved and you think, what a wicked world. We've just completely gone nuts spiritually. We've, we've lost our mooring. What is wrong with people? What a wicked world. What is the right response? What is David's response? I just want to get closer to God. I just want to be with God. I just want to spend time in his temple. I just want to be with the Lord. He is light. He is comfort. Psalm 89, verse 15. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all day. And in thy righteousness they shall be exalted. I'm not just trying to give you a pie-in-the-sky optimism. I'm just telling you, believer, when you get discouraged with the evil of this world, get closer to God. Spend time in his presence. Can I tell you something interesting about God? Think about this for just a second. I don't know if you know this or if you know anybody like this, but some people, they, they actually think that their uh, position or person is more respectable if they maintain a bit of a distance. They're, they're like unaccessible. They're absent. And, and what they're saying with their absence is that I'm a little too busy or too important to be trifled with small activities like you, right? This is not God. Okay, God is not this kind of person where, where they're hoping that absence will increase respect. What God says is, no, I want to be with you. I want to be sitting right next to you. I want to have my arm around you. I want to be present with you because I want you to know me better. 
And the more you get to know me, the more comfort you will experience. He is comfort in a dark world. He is light as a home for the lonely. Thirdly, he is a stable shelter. Look at verse 5. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. Years ago at our church camping trip, we had a major storm, a tornado, and everybody had to rush to the, the bathroom shower house and, and hope and pray for the storm to pass over. Have you ever been in a situation like that? You ever felt like you were, like your life was over, like it was really it, you were done? One of those terrifying experiences I remember as kids, uh, my little brother and I were charged with holding you know, down fort, the fort of the pop-up camper that my mom and dad had, and they were off, I think, doing laundry or something, and so they left the boys, you know, and, and then this major storm it scared us to death, you know? It was one of those things where, I don't know if I can illustrate this or not, but I've been in situations where you're just like in total panic mode, you're just like, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> everything's fine, right? Uh, you're just like totally panicked. And then you realize it's over. It's like, okay, <laughs> I guess maybe I overreacted. Everything's okay. It's cool, right? You ever been there? This is what David was doing. David literally was saying, it's like, I go outside the castle. I'm like, <gasps> I'm going back. I got to spend time with the Lord. <laughs> Everything's cool. God is still in charge. He's still sovereign. He's still good. Notice he describes him as a shelter. He says he'll hide me as protection. He's He'll keep me in his secret place as stability on a rock. David finds these things in God. If you feel like your life is like unstable, it's like the foundation is on mush. Go find God. Go back to his word. Spend time with him. Turn off the news. Turn on the worship. Turn off the podcast. Turn on the word of God. Spend time with God. Psalm 112 verse 4, unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. 1 John 1, if you're in trouble with sin, what do we do? If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him, with God. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When life is shaky, when things seem like I need to panic. Go to God. Number four, God gives optimistic vision. Verse six, and now shall mine head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. When I get together with the other believers, other followers of God, and I sing praises, I'll have a smile on my my face and offer sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy upon me and answer me. When I was a kid, my brothers and I used to work in the cornfields. And a lot of times in Iowa, in a field corn field, it is, the corn is too tall to see over. It might be 8 feet tall. It might be 10 feet tall. And so it's really easy to get lost or to lose perspective in the middle of a cornfield and not know exactly where you're at. But one of the things we would do is climb up on each other's shoulders. And you could use a kind of a, a corn stalk on either side and hoist each other up and get up on each other's shoulders and look and be like, oh, that's where we're going. It's another hundred yards that way or whatever. Or we're going the wrong way. Having clear perspective sometimes requires that you get up above the fray. 
And this is exactly what David is saying. He says, look, you lift up my head above my enemies. So my perspective is clear. This is so important in a dark world in which we live. For Christians to have a clear perspective. Lord, this is a great way to pray. Would you lift up my head so I can clearly see what's going on? The world around me is confusing. It's a mess. I need a clear perspective. And when I do, notice what he says in verse 6. I will give sacrifices. I will sing. I will praise. Verse 7. I will pray. How do you keep a clear and optimistic vision in the middle of a dark world? You, you come close to the light of God. Psalm 18:28. For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord, my God will enlighten my eyes, my darkness. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Optimistic vision. Fifthly and quickly, God is easy to find. Verse 8, When thou said, Seek my face, my heart said, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Here's the thing about light. Light not only helps you see other things, but light is easy to see. Are you with me? Have you ever been like in a crowd or something? And you're trying to get your friends to see you and you say, listen, I'll just flash my cell phone light at you, right? Oh, there they are. Or I'll flash the brights on my car at you so you can see me coming. This is exactly what David is saying. God, you are easy to find. I know where to find you. I just forget to seek you. I know where you're at. I just forget to come after you like I know I should. Jeremiah chapter 29 says, You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Isaiah 55 verse 6, Seek seek the Lord while he may be found. Matthew 4 verse 16, The people which sat in darkness saw a great light. God in human flesh, Jesus Christ, light is come into the world. And then lastly, Light provides clear direction. Look at verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Have you ever been going through a dark spot and stubbed your toe or tripped over a chair or stepped on a Lego or whatever? Wise parents get out their cell phone every time it's dark in the house and turn the flashlight on, right? And put it in front of them. Wise staff members here, when working in the evening, do that in the auditorium because people will put chairs in weird places. I've seen staff guys wipe out over chairs. I've seen staff guys wipe out over the piano bench, over the podium, over boxes. Why? Because they don't have light. Light helps us know where to go. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light. Want to know how to get to the Father? Remember, that's the goal. How do you get to the Father? How do you live your life for his glory? How do you end up in eternity saying, yes? How does that happen? Follow the light. Jesus is the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light of life. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, For you were sometimes in darkness, but not anymore. Walk as children of the light. So let me just really quickly give you three thoughts. Obviously, the idea that God is light has a ton of applications. I just want to give you three quick ones. As we close today, number one, maybe you're here today and you've never experienced what Jesus just said. John chapter eight, verse 12. I am the light of the world. 
He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Are you following Jesus? That's different than do you attend church or do you fear God or do you know who Jesus is? The question is, are you following Jesus? Are you a Christian? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Can I read you a few verses? This is from John chapter 3. John chapter 3 verse 16 is maybe the most famous verse that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. You've probably heard that verse before. It says that whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. Listen to what the verses following say. Um, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. Here's the reason people who are not following Jesus Christ will be banished from God's presence forever in a terrible place called hell. Here's why. This is the condemnation. Verse 19. Light has come into the world. Jesus brought the light of God into the world and yet... Men love their darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. John's saying, or Jesus is saying, listen, the whole purpose of me coming is to bring the light of God to your life. Don't reject it because of your love for your sin. Come to Jesus today. If you don't know what that means, you say, I, I, I get it. I, I, I understand I need Jesus. I need his light. I'm not sure what that means I would love to chat with you afterwards and just explain to you what that means. What it means to put your faith in Jesus Christ alone. But secondly, second application today is this, that maybe your light is dim. Maybe your light is dim. I just want to summarize Acts chapter 26. This is Paul giving his testimony. And, and in his testimony, he gives a command from Jesus to him specifically. But this is command is for all believers. And the command of Paul was this. Listen, Paul, I've given you the light of the gospel, God says. Your job is to take that light to other people. That Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people. Paul, your job is to take that light and share it with as many people as you can. Is your life shining out the light of the gospel? And then lastly... Is sin obscuring your testimony, your light? Romans 13, verse 12, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. You're a chosen generation, Peter said, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into light. People should see increasingly in our wicked world, they should see the light of God on his people. Revelation chapter 21, And the city hath no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, For there shall be no night there. 
They have no need of the candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Let's us, as a church, do what David did and seek after the light of God's person. Father, help us to respond to your light correctly. Again, this is one of those metaphors that we feel we understand, but we don't always live. Would you help us to seek after your presence in a new and fresh way today? May we glorify you in our response. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand as we close with How Great Thou Art. watching this video of one of our recent services. It's a pleasure for us to have you join us from a distance and join our church in a time of worship around the Word of God. The most important message that we can tell you is that God loves you. And he loves you so much that he gave Jesus Christ as payment for your sins. And the Bible says that all that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. We want you to know that message that true life is found in Jesus Christ. An eternal life 
the opportunity to live with God forever in heaven in spite of our sinfulness. True life is only found in Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Would you be willing to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Would you be willing to pray something like this? Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I know there's nothing I can do about my sinfulness. I don't want to pay for my own sin, and I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want his death on the cross to pay for my sins. I want to repent from doing things my own way and make Jesus Lord of my life. Would you be willing to pray something like that and put your faith in Jesus Christ? If so, we want to help you as you start your spiritual journey with Jesus Christ. God loves you. Our church loves you. We're glad that you could watch this message today. God bless.